So good morning, church. It's nice to be with you guys this morning. It's, it's surreal, honestly, because I remember when I was five or seven growing up, and it's really weird being up here instead of sitting down watching someone preach. So for those of you that do not know me, my name is Jackson Eddy. I grew up coming to Northside when we moved down here in 2007. I used to live in Anderson, Indiana. I'm 21 years old. I'm an accounting major at Freed Hardeman University. I will be graduating with my master's and bachelor's degree in May of 2023. So I think this topic of God being steadfast when the world is not hits home for me personally, as well as many of us, because change is happening, and it's very impactful and very in, in all of our lives, and we can't avoid it. Change is something we cannot avoid. So to start, I would like to talk about some of the blessings in my life before we dive deep in Scripture. Um, last leaders was probably the most help, helpful thing in my life here growing up because it exposed me to the word so much and it had such a great impact on me to, even to this day. I have scholarships from last leaders that helped me go to school. Um, I, for last leaders, I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, people like Suzanne Roberts, Vicki Stemler and Steve Marshall. I'm not sure where he is. I think, I think he's at Bible time now. But those people helped me so much, and their impacts are still with me to this day because they helped me grow to be a leader and grow to be a better Christian, grow to be a better Christian man. And I cannot emphasize enough how important things like last leaders are good for your kids, good for you at a young age growing and learning about the Word because it's hard. It's not done much these days. People don't look at the Bible as much as they used to. And some of the other blessings in my life are Like I said, I grew up coming here. I was born into a good Christian family that was rooted in God's word. I was was blessed in the opportunity of a family that whenever they gave me advice, God's word would always be at the center of it and the foundation of the advice. Whenever I had issues, school problems, girl problems, God's word would always be the center of the advice. I've also met so many people here that have impacted my life. I met, met so many friends, so many people that... I love and cherish, and even though I don't see them like I used to, I don't see them every Sunday, Wednesday, like I used to, they're still a part of my life. They're still within my heart. So at the very least, I think it's easy for me to say I've I've been blessed beyond belief. And I think it's kind of like we all are when it comes to Jesus' sacrifice for us. We're all blessed beyond belief, a blessing that we do not deserve, but Jesus gave us. So to start talking about change, I want to make it a little uh, easy going. I want to talk about some personal stories of change for me. So to start out, I don't, this may be a miss for most of you guys, but there used to be this McDonald's breakfast that I really loved. It was called the Cinemelts, and they were like these little cinnamon rolls, desserts that I used to get every morning at, like, from McDonald's, and I loved them so much. It was like when I was nine, whenever we first moved here, we lived in apartments, and I remember my dad going out every morning getting those cinnamon melts for our family. And I loved them. They're still a part of my memory. And, like, it brings me back to childhood every time I see them. But now they're discontinued. So it's really sad. I know I'm 21 talking about breakfast foods that I'm sad about not being there anymore. But it's still an impactful part of my life that I miss. But change happens. And I can't just long for McDonald's every morning for breakfast, even though it's gone, because I still have to eat. I still have to eat breakfast, and i got to move on and find something else to do. Another 
change in my life is more now, more current, is that I have a lot of friends who are seniors this year. And even when in high school, you have friends who are seniors who graduate. Um, for me, I'm, I live with three seniors in my dorm, and they're some of my best friends to this day. And they're going to be leaving. I'm going to have to finish out school without them because I've been with them the first three years of school. And so that's a personal change for me that I have to get used to and adapt to. And that's going to be probably one of the hardest changes in my life because I can't really imagine going to college without them because they've always been my support, my foundation, and just someone to have fun with on the weekend. Now, a more heavy-hitting personal transition for me. A lot of it started like three, this past like three years college range because that's when the most change happens in your life, I believe. Um, I graduated high school, and that was a big change for me because I didn't know. Like, I knew I was going to Freed, but I didn't know what was happening beyond that. I didn't know how I was going to be at school. I didn't know if I was going to fit in. I didn't know if I was going to meet everyone. I, I had no idea how I was going to live. I had no idea how I was going to adapt to being on my own and not being able to call mom and say, hey, what's for dinner? Like, what's going on with that? Or saying, like, are we going to watch a movie? Like, any plans? Where are, we going, where are we going to church? I had to make those decisions for myself. And that was a big, tra- big change for me to start out. And then uh, being at college, just like I was in college for maybe half a, for a full semester, and then COVID hit. And that change is impacting us all today. The COVID protocols are everywhere, and I have to live by it. Like even this week, I am going to New York City with a group of people from school, and I have to like be very aware of the COVID protocols going on because I can't move I can't, like, if I get tested, if I test positive, I have to quarantine for five of the six days I'm there. So I'm very angsty about that right now. But, yeah, COVID, COVID is in our lives. COVID protocols are in our life. That change is happening. That change we're all dealing with. And as some of you know, I posted about an internship I'll be taking in Chattanooga this summer. And that is more of a deep, like, heavy-hitting change for me. Because this is, like, beyond college. Like, this is me living on my own every day, going to work uh, 9 to 5 for a whole summer without my mom and dad, without friends from school. This is me living on my own. And this is, like, one of the first steps of graduating. And I'm nervous about that because I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know where I'm going to stay right now. I don't know how I'm going to settle in, if I'll like it, if I won't. Because I'm afraid I'll get there, and on the weekend, I won't like it. I'm like, I'm here for eight more weeks. This is going to be long. And then after that summer, I, that's my senior year. I graduate college. I finally get used to it. I still feel like I'm a freshman still. I feel like I'm finally hitting the ground running. And eventually I'm going to walk across the stage and get my diploma. And so and that's pretty much all for my personal stories about change because like, it's very with us. It's very with me right now. And I think it's just a personal thing that I can share with you guys about how do we de- how do we deal with this change? Like, what do we do when change comes into our lives? Because it happens. Like, for parents, my parents are dealing with change. Me leaving the house, everyone's moved out. They're empty nesting now. And how do they deal with that change, not having to feed another mouth, with their, which they're so used to at this point? And honestly, like, how do we deal with this change that is always moving? How do we ch- deal with change in the world that's always moving, always changing, always adapting? And it's a cliche answer, but it's honestly one of the hardest things to deal with. It's relying on God. It's something I struggle with on a daily basis. And it's really, 
something I deal with and struggle with because it involves me taking my worries, my anxieties, my problems, and putting them in the hands of someone else. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I, it's hard. It's hard to do that. I like to solve things on my own. I like to settle in and be able to say, okay, I got this. Like When it comes to school, I can do that because God is not going to help me pass a test if that I don't study for. So I have to study for it, and I have to do well, and I have to do that on my own. But when it comes to stuff I can't control, stuff like the world changing, stuff like the environment changing, how do I deal with that? And I, I can't. I can't do that on my own. I can't deal with COVID-19 all on my own and solve it for the whole world. I can't deal with me living on my own and solve it for everyone around me. I can't deal with that on my own. I have to rely on God to do that. And so it wasn't really until, until I started preparing for this. I feel like I hear this all the time with preachers. I, it wasn't really until I started preparing for this that I started realizing how easy it is to do this. And especially with conversations with people around me recently, I've realized how like important trusting God is and how important it is that we can rely on him and how easy it is to do so. But if we look into scripture, we can see why we should have hope for God's will to get us through any situation. So if you have your Bibles or your phone, please look. I'm going to be looking through Scripture now, and I don't, I'm not going to have it on the screens. And I realize sometimes it's easier to read along and hear me say it instead of me saying it and you guys are saying, like, well, what do you say? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. So you can look, it for, look at it for yourself. So the first Scripture I'm going to read is Jeremiah 29.11. I know a lot of these Scriptures, you'll be like, oh, I know that by my head. But I'm going to try to like, give you some context behind it a little bit as well so you understand what this, this Bible chapter is saying and why it's important for this moment. So Jeremiah 29 is, Jeremiah is delivering a letter to King Nebuchadnezzar, who was king of Babylon during this time, and the Israelites are currently enslaved to the Babylonians around this time. And the verse says, as Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And when I read this, it's easy for us to take this out of context and say, oh, yeah, God has a plan for us. But if you think about the context, he's thinking about the Israelites who are currently enslaved and will be enslaved for another, another long bit of time. And he's like, guys, don't worry. I know what's going to happen for you guys. I have a plan for you set in stone. And, like, he has a plan. For, I think it's good, for, easy for us to say he has a plan for us using that because God, like, doesn't know the, every detail of our plan, but if we rely on him, that plan will go his way. He has a path for us. It's not set in stone what's going to happen for us, but if we rely on him, it'll go in a good direction for us. So the next verse I would like to read from is Numbers twenty-three nineteen if you would like to turn there. And this is right after Balaam was redirected or set straight by God's angel. And after he was set straight, he was, con he was commanded to continue his journey to Balak. And then, however, he, couldn't, he was commanded that he could only speak what God commanded him to do so. So now, reading from the verse, verse 19 of chapter 23, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. 
Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? And what I really like to focus on here is where he says, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. And we see how God attributes himself as someone who does not change his mind and does not lie. So God has not changed his mind since the Old Testament and hasn't really changed his mind now. So the stuff he still says then is applicable to us now when it comes to the Bible. And this will kind of tie in eventually once I get there. Malachi 3.6 is the next set of verses. And in here, this verse is about how the Israelites are being called to repentance. And the verse says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. And here we see that God says he has not changed and he's willing to come back to you, willing to be there for you if you're willing to come back to him. So you have to make that first step, but God has always been there reaching out for you. It's us who step away. It's us who leave him. And But God has not changed his mindset. He's there for you, but you have to make that first step because it's not his choice for us to follow him. It's our choice to follow him, first and foremost. So, like, today is safe for us to apply, like, apply the fact that he hasn't changed for us still. He's still there for us, but we have to make that first step to him. And the final verse for this, which is what John read, is Hebrews 13.8. And this is the main verse I wanted to focus on, the foundation of the lesson. And the author here in his writing is, conclu- is concluding his letter, and as most New Testament writers did at the time, he left the readers with points of application and, a few, and final hints of advice. And now the verse is 13, it's verse 8 of chapter 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, the, the point I want to discuss is, is how like he says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which is a testament to how, in, their, in this chapter, he's talking about how we should be aware of false speakers. So this requires us to be knowledgeable of what the Bible says and what the Bible teaches. So we're aware when someone's teaching something wrong, we're like, hey, we know what Christ teaches us to do. We know what Christ is saying, and we should be aware of that on our own first and foremost. So we don't just trust anyone to go and speak us the Bible. That's why I wanted you guys to have your Bibles out. So you see what Scripture is saying. So you guys see what Scripture is saying for yourself, and not just for me, not just trusting my, my Bible, because my Bible is different, obviously. But um, I want you guys to trust it for yourself and trust the word that God is saying to you. Because it's not written to me. It's not written to just you. It's written for everyone. Written for people in Iran, Iraq, and United States, Canada, everywhere. People in Babylon at the time. Sorry. But this should encourage us that as Christians, even though, like, this should encourage us as Christians, though, because if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he has a plan for us, and he does not change his mindset, and he is always ready to accept us in our repentance, then we should have no problem leaning on him. Why, should we, why do we have a problem leaning on God if he has all those things? So to sort of wrap up, I'm going to read two more sections of the Bible with you. And Hebrews 9, 28, you don't have to turn to these, but Hebrews 9, 28 And this is saying, 
So Christ, having been offered to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And this is God's promise of the end of time and Christ returning. And then the next verse is Acts 2, verses 38 through 39. And it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And this is the pro- God's promise of salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So these two examples are, how, are of how God makes promises to us, which he keeps because he doesn't change. However, if you have ever gone through a change in your life, you know that not all change is bad. I'm sure we can think of a time in our life where change has happened, but we grew from it. Like, it wasn't that bad overall. Like, yeah, going to high school, when you, like, are in middle school, is nerve-wracking at first, but after you do it, you're like, man, I really like high school. And the same thing from elementary to middle school. When you grow to middle school, like, man, it's really scary. And then going from high school to college, you're like, oh, this is crazy. But it's not bad. The change isn't that bad. It's just the initial anticipation. And that's what I was scared about coming up here, the anticipation of preaching to you guys. That was the most nerve-wracking part of it, not the actual content, not the practice. Because I practiced this. I practiced several times. And that was the most scary part of it, is sitting there and going through the service and saying, okay, okay, I need to go, I need to go, and do all this. But change isn't bad. And I know sometimes we all need to grow. And, like, change happens and we're scared but we need to grow from it, and God is there for us to grow from it. So now I ask, this is the part of the invitation. Do you need to change today? And not for me, not not for your family, but for Christ and for your soul. If you feel the need to change and want to do so today, there's a God who is unchanging and is willing to be there for you if you are willing to make the first step to him.